Welcome back to AFMA 360. I'm your host, Krista Chan. Today we're continuing staff interviews, and I have with me today, Battalion Chief Steve McCoy. Thanks for joining us today, Steve. You're welcome. So uh, once again, this is just a little bit of a staff interview. We're, I'm gonna ask you a few questions so that folks within our agency can get to know you a little bit. All right. So why don't we start off with, what was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Oregon, kind of real rural area, about <clears throat> uh, 20 acres. So cows, horses, motorcycles. So that was kind of my upbringing. Wow, so com so completely different from where you live now and the in the was, city kind of population wise. Yeah, I was born and raised in Oregon. I never liked the weather, so I packed up and came to Arizona. Sight on scene, never been here. Sold everything I had, packed up my car with what I clothes and stuff. Came down here, worked construction, got an apartment, and never went back. <laughs> really? Yeah. So was Arizona a draw? You haven't been there the before? Really? Never Just... been there. I never liked the weather in Oregon. Summers were okay. And I saw the construction was going good here and good weather. And I'm like, I'm going to try it. So, so just tired of the rain and cold yep. and, and figured hot and dry would be better. Yep. All right. So uh, what did you do when you're working construction? Oh, everything. Um, stucco, insulation, framing, just whatever. Do. Did you have any second thoughts working in the summers out here doing construction? That could, that has to be pretty brutal, I would I would think. It was, but I, I was young and stupid, and it didn't bother me. I might not like it now, but it didn't bother me then. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I think we're pretty close in the in the same age range. That uh, when you're young, you can take a lot of abuse to your body. Yeah. Don't really think about it as you get older. Probably not yeah. so much. You, you definitely feel it a little bit more, right? Yeah, you, I wouldn't want to be a captain on one on one. Yeah, I, uh, I'll tell you that there are pluses and minuses to promoting. Uh, earlier, I interviewed Nick Ells. You know, I think uh, one reason a lot of us promote is the ability to have a greater effect in our organization. You know, as a captain, I just recently had a conversation with one of our captains. And I think at the captain level, don't get me wrong, phenomenal uh, job to have within the fire service, mm -hmm. maybe the best job. Uh, but you're limited in your ability to only have an effect on your crew on your shift, where then mm -hmm. when you promote, you have the ability, like for you, you can have an effect on an entire shift. And then with different programs that you get involved with, and, and we'll talk a little bit towards the end about the cancer grant, that was really mm -hmm. your brainchild for us to do that. Um, you can really have an effect on, on not only our organization, but other organizations as well. Yeah. yeah. So you're doing construction. Uh, when did you jump in or, or what led you to get into the fire service? Um, <clears throat> I was... In Oregon, I was on a volunteer department. It was 100% volunteer. I, I always kind of enjoyed that. When I moved down here, um, it was rural metro, which I didn't know anything about. And eventually, my now wife, who was my girlfriend then, she's like, every spare minute you have, you spend at the fire department. Why don't you just make that your job? It's like, that's a good idea. You know, because back then, construction paid really well as you, you know, you can make good money. Um, fire service was okay, at least for money wise and stuff, but that's what got me into it. I just liked it. Um, spent a couple of years with them and took it serious and ended up getting on. So originally you got hired with Royal Metro then? Not full time. I was doing construction and doing, um, <clears throat> the reserve thing, you know, they pay you to do reserves right along and do all that. But um, I got picked up by Sun Lakes when, when I tested and 
they uh, were just becoming a full-time department and they sent, I think like 10 of, they hired 10 of us and sent us all to Phoenix Academy because they were a volunteer mix and they were going over to full-time. Great. So what year was that? That was 1989. All right. So 1989. So uh, you can't see behind us on the mic right now. We have uh, firefighter paramedic Matt Nasser and uh, EMT Abraham Silva. So Matt, uh, what were you doing in 1989? I'm kind of just curious. Were you born? Uh, I I was not born. I was born in '92. I don't I don't even know if my parents had met in '89 yet. You were born when? '92, Chief. I have a uniform shirt that old. <laughs> That's an old line. But I think uh, I think Abraham was born in 2002. Wow. I rode, I rode tailboard. That's how old I am. Rode tailboard in Oregon, which was miserable. <laughs> and then um, I did some part-time at Sun City during their transition. And that was, I think, the last tailboard truck in the valley. And I rode tailboard out there. Yeah, so I, I started uh, in 94 as a reserve in Sun City West. Mm-hmm. And, and it, we were all inside the cab back then. So, yeah, absolutely. I just had to ask the question just because... Chief McCoy, you and I, like I said, we're, we're getting a little bit uh, towards our, our later years within the fire service. So um, just to stay on that topic, though, and, uh, and I had to throw a, a quick shout out to Matt and Abraham. They're the brains behind this whole project. So a long time in the fire service, obviously, 1989 to 2023. What are some changes that you've seen over your career, um, positive or just changes overall that you've seen that you'd like to talk about? Oh, um well, the uh, like, like I said, the the pay when I first started was nothing great. I, I think now our pay and benefits are, you know, hard to beat. That that's a big big deal. Um, also, obviously, the the safety stuff. Um, we used to have only one person carried a radio, the captain, nobody else. You know, uh, even the way we fight fire from uh, transitional air packs, all that stuff, the way we move hose. Um, you know, sometimes I think, man, we were stupid, some of the stuff we were doing, <laughs> but we didn't know any better and didn't have all the, the data and studies and stuff. But uh, it, it's way safer. Um, the air packs, just everything. Um, not riding tailboard. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree. Even, uh, even when you think back, um, and I remember even when I was young on the job back in, in 94 and, and when I went to Glendale in 95, you know, it, it was kind of a badge of courage or it was prideful when your helmet got super yeah. dirty. Uh, I remember, like I'm sure you do, even when we were all in enclosed cabs, you get in in the morning if the offgoing shift that had a fire, you know, you pull out in the bay first, pull out of the bay first thing in the morning, and you could see the particulates inside the cab when the sunlight would hit it. Which unfortunately we know now those were all you know carcinogens that we're yeah. exposed to, and, and we just didn't. I, I agree with you. I, I don't think we were dumb in what we did. We just weren't as educated as we are yeah. now, and we didn't understand what the effects were. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, when Chandler got their flashover chamber way back when they got it. I was an instructor. And ended up putting, along with some other guys, we put through Gilbert, us, and Chandler. I don't know how many of those burns I was in. And I went through several sets of gear and helmets and pure carcinogens. Just, you know, if I had to do it over again, I probably wouldn't do it because <laughs> I know how bad it is. Um, after a day of that, you come home and have a headache and you couldn't wash the stink off. And 
things like that. So yeah, that's another great point. I remember yeah. uh, when I'd have a working fire, you know, even the second or third day, you take a shower mm. and you could smell the smoke still yeah. in your hair, and we weren't realizing even then we were probably yeah. absorbing absorbing all that really bad stuff. Yeah, so it was it was really fun, but in hindsight, it's like that's not where you want to spend three months. No, <laughs> doing that absolutely. But it was also important because it was all related to firefighter safety. Yeah, yeah. It, well, like I said, it was they just got the box and who they bought it from sent instructors to teach us, and the very first burn that we did in there, I'm in there. And I'd never been in a flashover chamber, didn't know what to expect. And we're on our knees and it flashed so bad. There was fire. I saw fire on, underneath me and I'm on my knees and it was quick. And I came out and I was like thinking, damn, that's impressive. What the, it wasn't supposed to do that. Those instructors were like, they couldn't figure it out. Um, what they've told us later is what they thought was the inside of that was painted with a different paint than they usually paint and they think it was the paint fumes that added to it so the the first flashover i was in was like a little bit scary and i didn't know that it wasn't supposed to be that way <laughs> wow so really you guys got super lucky that you didn't end up getting injured just because yeah. there's an extra accelerant in there that wasn't right. wasn't yeah. supposed to be yeah because it was i mean i looked down when it did that and it, it was below me and i'm on my knees like okay this it's not good. Yeah. yeah, not good. Yeah, at first I was like, wow, cool. And we get out and I look and those guys are like, what the hell? Like, okay, that's not the way it's supposed to go. Huh? Panic, panic look in, yeah. the, uh, in the eyes of the folks that are supposed to be running. It probably isn't a good feeling. No, have. no. Yeah. So talking and, about, sorry, go you ahead. You know, it's the same thing at the fire academies. We tr make the fire hotter and hotter. And you, you go in there and, you know, people, their, their mask would crack with water. And it was like this, you said, a badge of stupidity really when you think back on it but yeah we do that you throw in tar paper you Cajun, try to get it Cajun, super hot and hey yeah yeah that was it was the way just, you got it super hot yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I don't do any of that anymore so that's good yeah so no all i was going to touch on so that that's all firefighter safety um let's touch real quickly if you don't mind on the uh on the cancer prevention grant so mm -hmm. um total now we have well over 20 fire districts that are all involved in yeah. that regional grant that we applied for but really you're the one that originally brought it forward um, so do you mind talking about that real quickly? And, and we'll kind of get into a little bit of detail on that. About the grant? About Yeah. Well, even about the idea of the grant and, and why you brought it forward. And it seems like it's something that you're very passionate yeah. about. Yeah. Um, well, we know how firefighters and cancer are connected. Uh, and not everybody thinks about it, even though I know everybody knows somebody with cancer or had some experience of their own. But we're such high risk. Um, I, I heard about other departments, Tempe was one of them, that applied for a grant to get their firefighters all checked out. It's really expensive. It's time consuming. It's not something that an individual could really do on their own. You know, you get a full body scan, get the blood work, get all those things. Um, so they were successful. So uh, Talked with them, got what information I could, passed it on. Um, from there, it it just the organization AFMA ran with it, expanded it, invited in a bunch of other people, uh, other departments, and now I, I don't know what the number is, how many people are going to get this cancer screening now, uh, but the 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 history of firefighters with cancer and the availability to have all our guys go through it, 
I think is a great opportunity everybody should take. Uh, prevention basically is the key to cancer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll definitely have you back because we were mm-hmm. talking about before we started today's podcast, uh, as we interview folks, you know, uh, we'll probably do a, a couple of different podcasts mm-hmm. on the prevention grant. Just once again, to make sure that we get the information out as much as we can, uh, you know, letting everyone know how important it is. Please, you know, mm-hmm. if you're agency is part of that regional grant, take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're part of an agency that has not applied for one of those assistance or firefighter grants, please consider taking that up your chain of command and getting your agency to do that. Because I, I think that you know of at least a handful of folks, I personally know of a handful of folks that they, uh, they have you know, preliminary cancer findings, mm-hmm. but it was done early enough to where it did not have a terminal effect on them and they mm-hmm. were able to, to you know, mitigate it yeah. very quickly. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. And, and that was a very uh, understated and humble aspect of that. Not only did you bring the idea forward, but you did get a copy of another agency that had um, previously applied for the grant and was successful in that application. So we were able to use that with Anathema. We did expand it out. Um, it's literally hundreds of firefighters. Like I said, we'll get into a little bit more detail mm-hmm. in, a, in a future podcast on that. Okay, so uh, Chief McCoy, one question that I ask everybody that I've interviewed is tell us one thing about yourself that's interesting that no one would probably know. I don't know if I'm that interesting. Um, a competitive ballroom dancer? No. Um, probably I originally wanted to be a dentist, and I went to college as a chemistry major to be a dentist. Um, probably most people would be surprised about that. I'm, I'm not I, too surprised. I don't, I don't think I seem like that type, but you're 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 very smart. Uh, probably too <laughs> smart to be a firefighter. So let me ask you real quickly: what what changed your path then? Why did you not become a dentist? Um, well, I mean, full time school and working and trying to make your way through school is tough. You, I was young. You know, I I thought, well, maybe I'll go back. You know, I just kind of was like, take the break thing. And just never went back. Um, I have a really good friend who went on to become a dentist. He hated every day of it. He didn't know he would, but he hated it. And he's like, everybody hates a dentist. Nobody likes going to the dentist. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm a hero. Everybody likes us. So he <laughs> took the wrong path. <laughs> no, <laughs> But yeah, so that was my original path. And I had, that was on my radar for years. No, no regrets. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. It, it, I think we're both lucky to be where we're at. I was, I was saying in an earlier podcast, uh, I originally wanted to go to medical school and mm-hmm. I become a medic and, and got hired in Guadalupe as a reserve, um, not having been through a one and two academy. So mm-hmm. after I got hired there, then I found out I had to go through a one and two academy and, and your story about doing the live burns. We did our first live burn and I was like, forget going to medical school, man. Like, this is what yeah. I want to do. So the firebug kind of caught me, yeah. kind of caught me with that. Yeah. Yeah, you can go out and do firemen or you can spend your Saturday in a chemistry lab. Kind of similar, <laughs> but, but completely different. Yeah. Great. So yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? Um, just, uh, I, I never would have thought when I started with Sun Lakes that we would be part of AFMA and what's going on with it and the size. Um, it's just, I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed in 100 years. Um, I, I think it's just a great opportunity for everybody in these uh, smaller districts getting together. Um, I think everybody is really behind it also. 
you know, you know, there's no, nobody thinks it's a bad idea, at least within the organization. So yeah. for me, it's just, it's, it's exciting. That's great. I absolutely agree. Uh, we did a, a, a previous podcast on the labor management merger process, uh, both unions getting behind it, consolidating into one union, and it was a unanimous vote um, on both locals uh, when they, they took forward that vote. So I yeah. absolutely agree. It's an exciting time. Uh, you know, we're going to have 11 fire stations, probably soon to be 12, um, 300 folks total within our organization, about mm-hmm. 250 in the field. So yeah. definitely a, a, a you know larger sized organization with a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's exciting. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me today. Thanks again for joining us on AFMA 360. Be safe, and I hope you have a great day.